0: Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encourages you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. As we transition to a new series that we're starting in the month of, where are we going to? June um, is the end of May, and we're going into June. We're going to be talking about Jacob Jacob is one of my one of my favorite um characters in the Bible because Jacob was just a hot mess. I mean, if Jacob's name could have been anything, it should have been just hot mess i mean he was he was it, Jacob's one of those guys that you look at. You know, when you grew up in high school and you're like, "Hey, that guy, he's going to jail." You know, like he he's going to be going to jail, um or you look at those first like, "Yeah, it's it's not going to be good for that person." That was Jacob. That was Jacob, one of the, one of my favorite because it shows that people God uses messed up people. So here's a hope for you. You're jacked up, he can use you. He can use you. And this also the story shows God's grace and God's mercy and how he used Jacob. Um isn't aren't you aren't isn't it amazing that God can use messed up people even for good things? Like you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have be perfect because you, you need to stop disqualifying yourself from the call of God in your life. Yeah, you know you're not going to have it all together. Yeah, you're not going to be all, all this and all perfect. Listen, you're not going to reach perfection. If you reach perfection then you're God and there's a the trouble. <laughs> you can't be God because if you were God, I ain't following you, all right? But the reality is this. God uses imperfect people to, pull, to bring this perfect message of Jesus. He, if there was one person in the Bible that should have been disqualified from this whole story, from the narrative of Jesus, it should be Jacob. Jacob should be at the top of the list of the people be like, hey, don't even follow this person. Because Jacob was that jacked up. Jacob's name is very interesting. His name meant surplanter, heel grabber, and deceiver. Uh, how about if you were born and your mom said, hey, I'm calling my son deceiver. You'd be like, mom, can I get any other name? All right, it's just like my name. My name's Eric Daniel Olivares, okay? I have the whitest name ever, all right? But like my brothers is like Jose Antonio. You know, like it's straight Puerto Rican. You know, like my other brothers, Renee and uh, I'm like, I got Eric, all right? I got Eric. It's like, because names matter, especially back in those days. His name meant Sir His name meant to the one who seizes. Jacob's life was all about one upping each other. Jacob's life was all about scheming, lying, and deceiving. And through all this, Jacob was, such a, Jacob was such an important role in the Israelite nation, and he was one of the figures of the faith. Have you heard of this before? It says the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's a very common use in the Old Testament and New Testament represent the blessing, the generational blessing of the Israelite people. But how can a deceiver and a pillar of the faith be in the same breath. Like, this man is a deceiver, but also a pillar of the faith. And this month, we're going to unpack this crazy story of lies, cheating, scheming, and deceiving, but also grace, redemption, surrender, and a fight that Jacob had to go through to represent Jacob's life. And as we're going to start this morning from the beginning of it all. Jacob is being born and we're going to go to Genesis chapter 25, verse 19, 19 through 26. And it gives an account of the family line of Abraham and, and his son, Isaac. And it says this, Abraham became the father of Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebecca. And it says daughter of, you know, all those names right there. Okay. Um, imagine if they did that for you, like, you know, Eric, who used to live in Lakeland and then was born in New York. And then like, nobody cares. All right, Um, but there it shows the, the lineage of where Rebecca came from. And then in verse 21, it says, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. And the Lord answered his prayer and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. And the babies jostled each other within her. And she said, why is this happening to me, so she went to a choir of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, "There are two nations in your womb; the two people from within you will separate. Will be separated. One people will be one people will be stronger than the other, and the older will be will serve the younger. When it was time came to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb, and the first came out red." and was, and his whole body was full of hairy garment. He was hairy, and his name was Esau. After this, his brother came out, and his hand was grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60, uh, 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. Number one, 60 years old and having a kid, you're in trouble, all right? You're in trouble. But here we see this story of the personality of Jacob. First, we have to know the personality and the the family of Jacob so that we can go into the crazy life that he's dealt with. See, Jacob's personality was even presented to us at his birth. Rebecca was holding the promise, an answered prayer. Let me ask you, let me ask you this. Has any of your prayers ever been answered before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because God answers prayers. We truly believe that. It might not be at your timing, but eventually he says his word will not return void. He will answer that prayer. But the reality is, is sometimes when we have answered prayers, we don't know how to handle the circumstances with the answered prayers. So here we see Rebecca holding the promise. um, uh, Isaac and Rebecca, Isaac prayed, hey, I want my daughter to be, um, I want my wife to have children and god answered that prayer so rebecca was holding the promise that was through a prayer inside of her and there was a wrestling to happen in the midst of the promise being fulfilled and the first thing i want us to know about answered prayers is this number one what is being prepared on the inside of you will make you uncomfortable what is prepared on the inside of you will make you uncomfortable women do you know about this don't get loud, all right? I don't know. I never had a kid, okay? But I had a wife that had a kid, and I was holding the hand, and my hand's broken, all right? But the reality is what, what's happening on the inside of Rebecca, it makes her uncomfortable. I remember going through, the, you know, the, uh, having, having kids, the first Elijah and then, uh, uh, and then Riley. I remember how uncomfortable Jess was, even to sleep. I mean, you go this way and and it's uncomfortable and and you're walking and, you know, it's just very uncomfortable nine months of her life. and, 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 And the things that we need to understand that God is birthing things on the inside of us. God has put promises on the inside of us that he wants to be birthed out. And when you expect it to be comfortable, you are mistaking yourself. Do not be deceived. That the thing that God wants to birth out of you is going to be very much uncomfortable. Very much uncomfortable. See, if we are looking for a comfort level in our life, you're going to always be disappointed. You're always good. We deceive ourselves at times when we think prayers that are that we pray are going to change our circumstances because it's going to make it easier. Let me explain this for you. Here's the thing. When we pray for a financial blessing, we're like, oh, everything's going to be fine, which you might have. When we pray for healing, oh, when I get that healing, it's all going to be good. Yes, it might. When my marriage is restored, uh, it, it, it'll be, it'll all be okay. Yes, that's true. But I'm not, I'm not here to say you can pray the prayer, but do believe that when the answer, when the prayer is answered, the enemy's gonna come at you a hundred times more harder. See, this is what we think. When, my, when I get that prayer answered and God answers that prayer, we feel like we should coast in life. But here's the reality I'm going to give you, honey. All right. When God, when you pray that prayer and God answers that prayer, there's a target on your back of the enemy that says, hey, he's not going to mess with people that are worthless. He's going to fight you even more when God is working in your life, when answers, pray, when prayers are being answered in your life, that mean God is working in your life. So the reality is this, know that there's going to be uncomfortable seasons when we're seeking God's face in our life. See, the enemy's going to come after you. opposition's going to come. We think that whenever, yes, the prayer is important, we need to pray and God will answer and be faithful. But we can't be naive to know that the enemy is going to stop fighting. We have to pray even more. We have to believe even more. See, Rebecca, she they're like, hey, I want to have a baby. They, they prayed. They probably fasted. God answered the prayer. But then what happened? There was a wrestling. There was an uncomfortable situation. And what did Rebecca do? Hey, I didn't sign up for this. God, I need you. I, I need you. See, there was this wrestling, and we have to understand that when God is moving in our life, it's not only a physical batter, battle, there's a spiritual battle as well that we have to identify. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, We do not only wrestle with flesh and blood, but principalities against powers, against rulers of darkness in the world, against spiritual witness, witnesses in hard places. You have to identify that there is a spiritual battle for your life as well. The enemy's not just gonna roll over and let God just bless you. No, he's gonna be like, hey, I need to fight even harder. But when we get on our knees, your prayer me- means something. Your-, your petition to God means something. He's not just up there just thinking, hey, hey, you know, it's at his timing. It has it's as his will. But when we seek in God's face, It's easy sometimes whenever we're not praying because it's just, we're not really seeking God's face. But when you're truly seeking God's face, know that the enemy is gonna come. Know that there's gonna be a wrestling that's gonna happen on the inside because the enemy is not gonna roll over. Life is gonna be hard. It's going to be difficult at times, but here's the thing I need you to understand. If you don't hear anything from me, Listen to this. Walking in the promise is going to be hard. There's going to be a wrestling, but the wrestling is worth it because you're giving birth to new. life A new thing that is happening in your life. Following Christ is not a cakewalk, is a battleground. That's why some people can't handle it. They believe that when they accept Jesus as your personal savior, yes, it's great. You're in covenant with God. God is there. He's there. But the enemy is going to come after you harder. But when the enemy comes, we fold. No, that's when we pray more. We love more. We reach out more. We we respect each other more. That's why we we give more. That's why we uh, uh, give our service more. Because we know that in the midst of this answered prayer, I'm not going to coast. I'm gonna to continue to seek God's face because the promise for your life is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's all of our job. And as disciples of Jesus Christ, our job is to bring the truth of God's word to the front lines of the battle that's ahead of us because there's so much fake out there. There's so many people, there's a generation that is living on a lie. There's family members that you know, that you knowing God's truth, they're living a lie. So when we're bringing the truths of God's word to the front lines of the battle, don't you think there's gonna be opposition? That's what's happening in our life. The wrestling's going to come. When the wrestling comes, we draw near to the source, which is God. And it's going to be uncomfortable when the promise is wants to be derailed on the inside. We need to trust God more. Number two, when God answers prayer, do you trust the answer? What happens when God answers your prayer but is not what you thought it would be? Too quiet in here. Like, like you're saying, God, I, I want this. I need this. But he answers that prayer, but in a different way. And you're like, God, can I take this one back? Let me, let me, let me put this one in my pocket. and Let me come back another time. No, it doesn't work that way. Answered prayers come from the will of God, not your ambition. There's too many people that thinks that are answered prayer, but you're really going through your ambition. And ambition will only get you so far, but God's will will take you all the way because there's a different source to that thing. We we can have goals and ambitions, but goals and ambitions without the will of God is only things that you're doing that are wasting your time. Because God's will will always stand. But we tend to pray me prayers God, bless me, and then we're going to expect me results. God, I want the Ferrari, so I expect the Ferrari. Ain't got no genie in the bottle up there. Maybe you can't handle the Ferrari because, number one, you can't drive. And you can't, you, you can't pay that insurance bill. You see what I'm saying? It's like we, we ask these things of God, and we want a me result. Rebecca wanted kids and expected the process of having kids. And we know the Instagram world we live in now. This is what Rebecca wanted. Rebecca wanted to get the crib, the names of the kids on the wall, take a picture of the belly growing. You know? She wanted all that. She wanted to find formula somewhere. You know, she wanted the the perfection of childhood. To show the best version of what it was gonna be. Because what we we do it all the time. When we pray, we're like, we want the best version of what I'm saying right now. <laughs> you know, God, God, I need a I need a financial provision. But if God gives you five dollars, you're like, God, I needed a hundred. You you see what I'm saying? Like, she wanted this perfect thing, but then. She didn't get what she prayed for because there was a rest on it. what here's the thing she God answered Rebecca's um, uh, Rebecca's prayer, but what she got was pain. she didn't pray God bless me with pain. Bless me with this uncomfortable situation. No, she said, bless me with children, which is a blessing. But God answered the prayer, gave her the child, but there was some pain attached to it. I didn't sign up for this because we tend to pray prayers out of, outside the will of God. But when God does it, we curse him because it's not the way we thought it was supposed to be. And there's a wrestling. And then we look at things like Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. This is one of those that just smack me in the face. Many are the plans of a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Leave it up there. I didn't say it. We can have plans all we want. But the Lord's purpose shall prevail. It's interesting that we get mad at God God when He does answer our prayer. We got too many holy people. It's me. I remember when I started this church. It was the end of February, 2020. We had a plan. I was gonna. We were gonna do it. We're gonna take Lakeland by storm. We put our launch video out there. We were super excited. Two weeks later, we get this thing called COVID-19, and it ruined every plan that we had. Church as we knew it changed like that. But I prayed for God to birth a church out of a passion that I had. But when God answered the prayer, it looked a little different. Never did I expect to go online right away. Never did I expect that we couldn't meet in person for another, like, eight months. Never did I expect that we would have to invest in thermometers. Never did I expect that we had to invest in masks that came out of... We we were looking for masks everywhere. Never did I expect that you needed... Hand sanitizer on top, hand sanitizer on top of hand sanitizer, and they were even making hand sanitizers that stunk. You couldn't find them, the smelly good ones. You smell, you got the ones that came out of some factory out of there, and you didn't even know if it was hand sanitizer. You're like, I ain't getting COVID. It's water. But the reality is this: I didn't expect our church was supposed to be birth in downtown lake we met signing contracts i didn't expect that one month before we launched our church we were going to be homeless i didn't expect that one month before we launched our church we didn't have a soundboard we didn't have lights we didn't have anything because we were going to be in a concert venue that had all that stuff i didn't know that I'll be stressed out of my mind that I had to dye my hair every two weeks because I got, I got white real quick. I didn't expect that in the midst of that one month before, before, uh, before we launched, that a, that a church in Georgia would be calling me and saying, hey, we closed our campus. I heard that you're, you're opening a church down there. We want you to get a, a flight and go, and we're gonna give you all the things that we have for free. All the stuff that we were lacking, God provided in two weeks and we launched our church three weeks later. The the prayer was always answered, but it was not what I expected. And I could have been like, God, yeah, I hate this. I could have quit. And guess what? You wouldn't have judged me in that season because everybody was quitting. (laughs) But when God answers a prayer, it's not our job to, to, to have the provision. It's our got, job to just obey, obey and follow his will. See, it's not what I expected. See, my plans for this church when we started is like Proverbs. Many are my plans. My plans was to have this huge building, to have this. That was my plans. But God's plan was, hey, through your circumstances, there's going to be a testimony that is going to be greater than what you thought it was going to be. And now I can tell people, hey, we went through hell and back, but we are still here and God is still faithful. And there's a testimony. There's a story behind our issue. God knew better. For this church and God knows better for your life than you know for your life. And that doesn't mean that we don't pray. Doesn't mean we just don't do anything because we, 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 we need to pray. But the thing is we need to trust his provision that is best for our life. But don't be deceived that your prayer is answered in a different way. But our job is to not curse the provision, but be obedient in what he's called us to be and to do. Number three, what you hold will define you. What you hold will define you. Now let's go to Jacob. We're getting away from his mama. Let's go to the main character, Jacob. Here we see the boys are being birthed. They're being born. The, the pain of now childbirth is about to come to an end for his mother, Rebecca. The wrestling, for so long is done, and now the promise is going to be fulfilled and now the the babies come out, there's pain in labor, but then there's this first kid that comes out, his name is Esau, and you know like when you, when people give birth and you're like the baby is it's going to turn out very handsome. But the baby is kind of ugly in the beginning. You know what I'm talking about? That was my sister, all right? Her name's Jessica. My sister is beautiful. I mean, she, 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 she's very beautiful. Her baby picture, she's ugly. Her eye was twisted like this, and she was ugly. Like, you know, you're like, she, she was ugly. She was ugly. She turned out great. But you know those people that, like, you're, you just look, you're like, oh, bless them. Just bless them. My sister was double blessed, double blessed, double blessed. Now, she turned out great. It's not all. You know, she's not a baby anymore. She's great. But this is where, imagine this. Like, you holding these babies, and then the first baby that comes out is red and hairy. And we're not even talking about, like, just hair. We're talking about hair everywhere. You're like, God. I was wrestling with this. Now I got an ugly baby. <laughs> what the heck? Like, like we read these stories. We're like, oh, spiritually, this is an ugly baby. It's a red and hairy baby. Uh, so now that happens. And then the second one comes out because they're twins. And the second one is Jacob is holding on to the heel of his brother, like coming out at the same time holding the heel. This is crazy. If I was his mom, she'd like, just can can we return this? And like, can can we, like, I already know this is gonna be a hot mess family, you know, kind of situation. Like there's a hairy, there's a red one. This one's holding this. It's like, well, it, it's chaotic. The, the thing is, Jacob was holding the heel of Esau and at that moment determined His identity. Because right away, Jacob was called heel grabber. Right away, his mom looked at that and identified him. Heel grabber. Have you ever been identified by one mistake in your life? Like, Like you, it was just a bad day. It was just that one bad mistake. And you probably would never do it again, but they call you that thing. This is where Jacob was. Instantly, his identity was identified. We hold on to the promises, not of what people speak over us, but what God's promises speak over us. We don't hold through our baggage. See, at one time, you probably were a smoker. Probably at one time, you were addicted. Probably at one time, you were a, lead, a, a liar, a cheater, a quitter. It might have happened to you. And it probably identified you for a moment, but I'm here to tell you today that you don't have to be identified by what you did. But you can be identified by what he did on that cross. There's too many people that we're walking around, even Christians, walking around identifying people by their past mistakes. And I'm here to tell you, you can take, don't do that. Don't do that. Because one day, people are going to identify you by your mistake. Don't be acting like Mr. Perfect. Perfect. Pushing down people because what they did wrong. That's not what we're supposed to be. Didn't Jesus like looked at prostitutes and crazy people and he said, hey, I know what you did, but guess what? Be a part of my team. See, Jacob was identified in an instant. Jacob held the heel of Esau and at some point it became his identity in his life. It's okay at times to, like, think back and be like, man, I messed up, and I don't want to do that. But at some point, I I remember when Elijah was born, some of the things that we said when he was, like, six months, he don't remember that. So how can a baby instantly be identified, but then eventually that becomes his personality and character later later on? Maybe it's, you know, some people do that. These like passive aggressive um like conversations and these passive aggressive like jokes. Oh. Yeah, you know that person. <laughs> Be careful. Because maybe in his it was funny for a moment. Oh look at the baby heel grabbing. But it was identified throughout his lifetime, probably. And they take characteristics of what they were identified by. And Jacob. Throughout his life, we're going to talk about the whole month. That's all he was doing. Always one uh, grabbing. Always doing, identifying by deceiving and and scheming. Because he was identified by one mistake. Some of you are identified by things that are happening in your family's past. Generational curses. And you live with this thing that you didn't even be a part of. Like your great great grandfather and your dad deal with it, and they're in like, eh, eh, and now you're you're in this generational thing, and now you're being identified by something that you haven't even uh, uh done, but like, you can break that today. You don't have to live what your family's done. You can have a different identity. What you attach yourself to can either grow you or entangle you. Whatever ugly thing has happened in the past. Keep it in the past, because I'm here to free your mind today. And this is it. John chapter 8, verse 30, 36 says, Who the Son sets free is free indeed. It's free indeed. Indeed means like, hey, it's done. Sign, sealed, delivered. Anna. It's done. Indeed. Who the Son... The sun sets free is free. Indeed, you don't know. You don't You don't need to cling on to the things that you dealt with before. You don't have to white knuckle it anymore. If you are free in Christ, you are free. You don't have to look at your past to determine your future anymore. Who the son sets free is free indeed. The the cross had the final word. The cross had the final word over your identity. The cross had the final word over your sins. The cross had the final word over that mistake. You don't have to live in that one-time mistake. They might identify you, but don't let it identify you on the inside. People are going to talk. But it's your job to listen. I listen to the Holy Spirit on the inside said, I'm an overcomer through Christ Jesus. That I, I, don't have to, I don't have to live there anymore. You have to start identifying you by what God says who you are, not what others say who you are. There's freedom in this place today. The cross has, a, you know, you, don't, you might cling to it before, but today is the day to let it go and be free In Christ, he clinged, he held on. And as I close, he held on to these things. See, sometimes what you pray for is not what you get, but is what you need. See, God knows the beginning and the end. It says he's the what? Alpha? You don't think that he cares about you? You don't think that he he knows the things that you're dealing with? Do you think that he will open the right door at the right time? If you do, then your prayers aren't in vain. It might take two years, it might take two minutes, but pray bold prayers. But expect Bold results as well and sometimes the result that you don't want but you definitely need have you prayed those prayers where you're like God I don't know why this is but 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 you needed it like you look back in your life and like you know what that was the right choice that was the right thing because in the in the moment you're like I didn't even want this Rebecca's like I don't want this pain this wrestling but at the end he had, they had the promise which was the kids that was the answered prayer but sometimes in the midst of the prayer being answered, there's a wrestling. There's a wrestling. But we still need to trust God no matter what. Whatever dealt in the past needs to stay in the past. Identify you, his word and his calling over your eyes. So ask boldly to God. Normalize hard times, but stand in the freedom today. Stop clinging on to things that are going to be not beneficial for your life but cling on to freedom that he gives you today. Freedom. You don't you couldn't earn it. You couldn't deserve it. But he gives it freely. Because he loves you. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, We love you, and we're in this together.